Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Critics Podcast. We are the underqualified experts who discuss all things sport, work and life with little to no background or supporting evidence. I'm joined with Jack, who's pulling a funny face at my uh, lack of pronunciation of talent. How are you, Sean? Sensational. Delictable even. A new word of the Jack oh, vocab. Just salubrious. Mate, before we get into the cricket, I just want to open up to some philosophy that I found on the internet the other night. Oh, this will be good. <laughs> so when you think about it, clouds don't move. The earth moves under them, and when it looks like they're going faster, they're just lower. It's probably a fair point. It's all about perception, baby. But I dare say they do also move on their own. It comes back to my f- perception. comes back to my other thing the other night. Colour perception. Everyone's perception of colour is different. That's why everyone has favourite colours. Yep, and your perception of a good beer is clearly off cue, because oh, we are currently drinking Kirin Itchy Barns, and they are rubbish. They are terrible. The um, Kirin... <laughs> The Kirin's on tap that you can get, salubrious, delectable, whatever sensational word you want to use for it, adjective even. Anyway, Excellent. Mitochondria. Um, but the, <laughs> You're just trying to make yourself sound more photosynthesis. <laughs> yeah. The stubbies are just rubbish. Don't do not do it, boys. Yeah. Could I, not I, recommend. I explore parts of the beer world so you don't have to. Bloke beers, recommend. Young Henry's, Actually, recommend. Young Henry's, recommend. Those better beers, not bad. The what? The better, is it better beer? Oh, is that the, the That's, inspired unemployed yeah. boys? Yeah, okay. They were surprisingly good. And the ginger beer is good too. I've not tried them. I'll have no, to try them. Not bad. Um, but yeah, I'm running out of shit to talk, so. Excellent. All right, well, we'll jump yeah, straight in. into... I've got nothing from my work week so far, so we might just jump straight into the cricket. Excellent. So, talk to me, baby. All right. So, the biggest news, I suppose, to come out of this week uh, is Ben Stokes... Uh, announcing his retirement from one day international cricket, um, which is interesting on a few fronts. Um, obviously, he's only just taken over as the captain of England's test team um, and obviously feels... It, it kind of, in his statement afterwards, it kind of sounded like, he, you know, with the, ex, the additional responsibility, he couldn't um, fully commit himself and his mind to all three formats for England anymore. Which I think is very fair because they do put, they play more cricket than Anyone any other else. country. Oh, so their schedule's packed. Their schedule they've got one hundred and thirty seven international games in the next three years. Is that including tests? Yep. So they've got and, and you imagine that probably they'll they'll play about like twelve to fifteen tests per year. So you, so you'd imagine that they might play one hundred and twenty rounded up, say one hundred and twenty game uh, days of cricket in the next of test cricket in the next three years. So so they'll have about. You know, anywhere from 160 to 200 actual, like, physical days of cricket. And that's not to, like, like in factor in More than that, the, actually. The tra- so it's 250 to 300. Yeah. Which doesn't... And then that also doesn't factor in tour tra- games. Travelling. Any of the travel. Um, any, look, you know, with COVID still very much a factor. Any bubbles, IP- isolation. Going to play in the IPL, for example. Going to play in the IPL. In any the domestic mighty, circuits. The mighty BBL. It is a huge schedule for England, no doubt. Um, the really interesting part about it is when I read it, obviously I was shocked because he's got, he's actually got a, I'm not going to say surprisingly good record, but he probably has an underrated record in the one day game. So he's, he averages just tick uh, under 40, isn't it? Averages, yeah, 39 at a strike rate of 95. That's which, good. That's for, good going. Which for a guy, you know, that's comparable to someone like David Miller, who's considered one of the most destructive finishers that we've got in international cricket, really. 
And that's very and not to mention he also took seventy four wickets in his one day career. Strike rate of forty two, has a one day five for, for England. And not to mention he's one of the best fielders going fielder. around in international oh. cricket. Okay, that catch that he took in the nineteen World Cup out on the fence. That whole nineteen World Cup of him, period. Yeah, and it's funny how I read an article today where someone summarized it very, very well and said England getting to the final in that 2019 World Cup was all about the work and the buy-in that they'd put in in the last four years of getting themselves ready. And it still took a Ben Stokes miracle to get him over the line. He's just that kind of guy. He just could pull something out of nothing no matter where you were. So the then thinking further into it, Remember, I sat down and I spoke to Dad about it when I got home, and I said, "I don't reckon. I reckon this might open the floodgates. I reckon this this might just be like the dam might just break, because I reckon so many people would have been on the fence. hesitant to do it, and I reckon <coughs> now that someone's done it, yeah, who wants to go first? Well, you would think it's and, and he's come out and said it's it's a load management, and he wants to play cricket for as long as he can. Well. What about the guy who plays all three formats for Australia, who also plays in the IPL, who also captains his country in the test game? Pat Cummins. So, and who's had a pretty checkered past uh, with injuries, you'd have to say. So, what's stopping him from going, yeah, you know what? And there's no future in it. This is, and the other part of this is this is the death of one day cricket yeah. coming. Because. And I was saying to Dad, and he goes, oh, yeah, but when, you know, when we were kids and like when we were younger, ODI cricket, it was the exciting format. Like, they pulled all the exciting exciting parts out of test cricket, put it in a shorter format. They, you know, they used to play games at night. They wore coloured clothing. It was exciting, a faster-paced game, more family-oriented. Now they've taken all of the good bits out of one-day cricket and compressed it into a three-hour f- format. And this is it. This is... This is the, the first time that someone that I can remember has retired from one limited overs format and not the other. Well, they weren't allowed to before. The Kevin well, Peterson tweet. Yeah, I don't know whether they were not necessarily... And I mean, that's a specific example from England, but I, I can't remember anyone else wanting to do that. And it's all got to do with the money. You, people can say that it's you know load management or whatever. It's about the money. It's not sustainable. To say, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to play T Twenty cricket anymore. Yes, there's load management involved, but you think about where all the money is made. Like Kevin Peterson is a perfect example. Retired from Test cricket, went and played on the circuit for another three or four years. Made all his money. It's just I, I really, and I don't think we'll see it too much from the Indians. I suppose there's really only Australia, India, and England that play enough cricket that you could warrant people wanting to sit out one format. I don't think you'll see it from the Indians because they know that whenever they retire, they've still got years left in the IPL. Because if you're half decent playing for India, you will get an IPL deal. It doesn't matter. But I reckon you might just see guys from Australia and England now more likely to say, hey, I'm going to devote my time to playing test cricket. And if I have to choose, I'm only going to play one white ball format. I'm playing T20s only. Yeah, and I really, I really think, and it's been on because really, outside of once every four years, no one cares about any of the one days that happen. Nah, there's no way you can get an IPL for fifty fifty format. Nah, it's just not not. Think it'll happen. So, I don't know. I th- I think one, 
and and good on Ben Stokes for doing it because it, it, I think this will actually help a lot of people, a lot of players in the long run. The other side of it is that okay, well, people are saying that the schedule is unsustainable. Yes, it probably is unsustainable, but with more games comes more money. Pick a bigger squad. No, but with more mo- with more games comes more money. Do you hear any of them arguing and whinging about that? More money. No, you're absolutely right. The TV deals. None of them. None of them are arguing because they're getting paid twenty percent more than what they use, like what they used to do 10, 20, 30 years ago. Hmm. Okay, they're all just complaining about having to play more cricket. But if you go back to them and say, "No, well, we'll play less cricket, but you get paid less," they'll go, "Oh, I don't like that." So on one side, the players have got to pick one. But good on Ben Stokes for standing up. I think it'll do. Who do you think is good be, for his test game? Who do you reckon will be next? Well, I genuinely think that Pat Cummins. Pat Cummins was the first one that sprang to mind. See, Stark was the first one to pop to my mind. Stark was, however, he has this unmatched desire to play in the green and gold. He hasn't played IPL for seven years and hasn't played Big Bash for seven years because. Not because he was unavailable or because he was injured. He made himself unavailable. He made himself unavailable. I do love that though. Because he wanted to make sure that his body was 100% ready to play for Australia. He's a hard bloke to like, but he does have that. Mate, he has an um, unbelievable desire to play as many games for Australia as humanly possible. Um, And, you know, it's obviously not going to affect the guys like Glenn Maxwell and Aaron Finch and guys like that who are purely white ball guys. Cameron Green. Cameron Green. I don't know that he's enough of a big prospect yet in the T20 game to be thinking about that. Uh, if we were... Five years down the track. If we, if we were five years earlier, if this was 2017, David Warner would be my the perfect example. You reckon? Yep. He would be a perfect example. Because Not to say that it's his worst format, but when David Warner retires from Test Cricket, he's going to play on the circuit for four more years. Raking a heap of cash. Oh, just swinging it. There's not. There's no amount of money you can earn though, and un unhear that Sunnyville fucked your wife in a toilet. It's quite true. It's quite true. But I just think, yeah, Pat Cummins was the one that sprang to mind. Load management. He's also the kind of guy that's going to demand cash in T Twenty leagues around the world forever until he stops playing. He can be He's like a poster of, boy and not play. He's yeah, that beautiful. He's the kind of guy that that you could look at. Joe Root might be another one. ODI cricket might be the one that gives way in his mm. schedule. Because you see how, you know, getting out of the white ball format has extended the careers. Anderson and Broad, perfect examples. Both of them gave up white ball cricket years and years ago. And now they're reaping the rewards, really, because they're, you know, Jimmy Anderson's 39, but if he was playing all three formats, there's no way he would have been able to continue playing for this much for this long. So good on Ben Stokes. For doing it again, like I said, I think it'll help his test game, um, but a massive shock and a, and a pretty big hit for England, who have just lost Owen Morgan as well out of their white ball squad. So there's two guys that have been mainstays in their squad for the last kind of eight or nine years. That squad just gone. got a lot more trustworthy though, didn't it? Owen Morgan, that's two first names. Yeah, and he's Irish. And it's spelled wrong. They didn't lose any Englishmen, though. They lost an Irishman uh, in Kiwi. That's all right. So they're more pure as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, And on England, uh, they're, they've turned their test form around, it seems. Their ODI form's gone backwards. <laughs> so they've struggled in the uh, in the limited overs series against India. Don't think they actually won a game. Um, and then they got towed up by South Africa um, two nights ago as well. South Africa made 330 and... England only managed 270 in reply. Uh, so worrying signs for England, I suppose. 
A uh, few guys just not really hitting their straps. Doesn't look like um, Joss Butler is in the best of touch since taking over as the uh, ODI captain. Hasn't passed 30 yet. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, I think they've got enough firepower there. They need to uh, they need to have a look at their squad. I think they're picking guys based on um, reputation. Do you now. see uh, Mark Wood playing club cricket? Yes. That flashy back to 2011? Uh, I don't, not quite as far back as 2011, I don't uh, think. 12, 13? 14? No. Well, 14 is the year I've played, and I don't remember playing against Mark Wood. It must have been... 2013, sure. 12 or 13. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I actually played a game. The photo was actually circulating yeah, around that. social media this week of, uh, I was out batting in the middle, and I reckon, yeah, I would have been, it was my first year A grade, so I was playing, I was 16. Uh, Mark Wood was playing for Palm Beach. It was. I'm not, I don't know that I was scared. I was actually. I was probably way too young and naive <laughs> to realise. You'd be how, more scared how much, now. How much danger I was in? Absolutely. I'd be much more scared now. I think. Even though you'd be a much better bat now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I'm not going to say that I'd be able to handle it, but I'm much better equipped to handle it now than I would have been as a baby faced 16 year old. But uh, I, I was batting 11 that day and. I was, I was really the only, like, oh, quote unquote, young I felt like the young kid. You know, everyone else was kind of, you know, 20 or 21 or older. And like, I was 16. It was my fourth A-grade game. And I was I batted 11. And we batted nearly all day. Did you keep? I, yeah, I was keeping at that time. And it was funny that all of the blokes, like the guys that used to bat top order, there was quite a few of them that never wore helmets. And then our, I can vividly remember it in my mind. Our number five bat, he was next in the bat after watching Woody skittle a few of our top water blokes running around asking if he could borrow someone's helmet. Like, I've never seen grown men running around oh, so feared for I'd themselves. I'd be the same. I don't own a helmet. I'd be begging someone. Oh, mate. It was... Uh, yeah, he bumped... A, we had a, a bloke who actually played international cricket for Canada out playing for us and he got bumped out like got one right on the schnoz glove through the keeper and here I am 16 year old I was like nah this is not good <laughs> you guys need to make sure you bat the whole day and back then this was before the Palm Beach wicket had been redone oh, and it yuck. used to and it, shoot off a leaf uh, yeah but it used to come and go with the tide yeah. so when the tide was in it used to like just stay a bit low and I remember it got it was pretty dark it was about 5 o'clock in the Tides afternoon out. We lose our ninth wicket. Oh, sorry. We lose our eighth wicket. So our number 10 walks out to the, mi- the middle. Woody bowls this bumper at this bloke. Halfway down. Did not get higher than shin high. Bowled. So I'm walking out just fucking trembling. I front was like, foot, oh, front foot, front good. foot. Yeah, I was seriously, I was just like, just try and watch it as hard as you can. Keep your backswing nice and small. None of that fucking mattered. It, the ball hit me on the thigh pad before, before I'd seen it, I reckon. Went down to fine leg. Beautiful. Off strike. Perfect overthrows so I had to run again it's like no no I made sure it was the quickest three I've ever run anyway so I ended up the second ball I faced from him straight off the middle of the bat but I reckon if it had if he'd bumped me I'd be dead eat it I was I had rocked on the front foot so early to make sure I'd had enough time to see it but um, yeah it was a, and then I ran him out for a golden duck next week nice yeah nice so there's my claim to fame I'm going to change the topic Australian yeah. cricketers I've had this argument with, with my old roommate a lot Who's more beautiful, Patrick Cummins or Cameron Green? Oh, Pat Cummins. So I think Pat Cummins too. Who says Cameron Green? Sarah, I think. 
Potter definitely. Hashtag flag pies. Firm on it. Potter's firm on it. Mate, yeah. Pat Cummins is just a sexy boy. Dark hair, blue eyes, like model face. Mate, come on. Yeah. Get no, serious. I, I can absolutely say with absolute certainty. We'll put it up we'll put up on the gram. Yeah, yeah. We'll put a face like a side by side up and you guys can all vote. But um, yeah, so yes, I did see him. I, he, he spoke on commentary last night, actually, Mark Wood, saying that he's still having a few troubles with that elbow. Ah, oh, fuck him. Which he's had surgery on. He reckons he can't straighten it properly yet. So it's worrying signs for, for England. Their bowling stocks, which two or three years ago, you'd say looked very, very healthy, kind of now not looking so healthy with a few guys getting old, a few guys getting injured, starting to make it hard for him a little bit. So... Um, and honestly, that's all I've really got for cricket this week. Actually, oh, that's brother. a flat-out lie. Oh. Um, Big Bash draft. So I've got announced they've released the draft order today. So sure. Renegades get the first pick. No one saw that coming. The Stars get the second pick and the Heat get the third pick. So they're the three teams that didn't make the finals. I think that's the like reverse finals. order, isn't yeah. it? So the Hobart Hurricanes, who had the best odds of getting the fourth pick, Got the last pick. Oh. So they fell. Fuck you, Tassie. So, and the Sixers. Sydney. Did they win? No, they lost in the final. Yeah. Got the fourth pick. <laughs> so, and that order. So, Renegade, Stars, Heat, Sixers, Strikers, Scorchers, Thunder, Hurricanes. That is the order for the first two rounds. Who do you pick? Number one. Oh, I don't know enough of who's available. All right, we'll come or back. What, or, exa- or necessarily what the rules are. Like, if you're the Melbourne Renegades, you're taking Rashid Khan first. But I don't know whether they can do that with the whole retention pick. Okay. I don't think they're allowed Let's to. Let's come back for We'll do a bit episode. more research and we'll come back to you next week and I'll have a full breakdown of who's available and who I would pick if I was particularly the three struggling teams. Um, so, But that is now. That is actually all I've got for cricket for the week. Yeah, I'm, as usual, maxed out after the first two minutes. So we'll move on to the overrated and underrated. Perfect. Do you want uh, to kick us off? I will kick us off with one that might get you in the feels, actually. Clint Gutherson. Underrated. For anyone who doesn't know, fullback for Sean's beloved Paramount Eels. Tell them what I'm wearing right now. 1980s, three-quarter sleeve. 86, baby. Last premiership. Three-quarter yep. sleeve para. It's got the nice thick cotton, V-neck, chest hair popping. It's hot. It's hot. Um, Clint Gutherson. He's, I think he's underrated because everyone hates him. I think he's overrated still. Wow. He made the origin squad. I think that's like a... That's foul. It's a little bit foul. I'll, I'll agree with you there. But from what I read, it was more for like a morale thing. He was never going to play. Apparently the boys love him. Gets that is the- how desperate New South Wales were. Picking blokes in the squad for morale. Like Oi. Victor Radley. All good. You know what they could have done? Just pick out a car from the start. Would have been good. Yeah, because that's what he's really good at. He's been yeah. known for. Him and Bizza. Yeah. All good. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, overrated. <laughs> anyway, you'll go. Salt. We had salt. Oh. <laughs> salt is uh, slightly, very slightly. Nah, perfectly rated. It is overrated, man. Nah, it's perfectly Dude. rated. Nah, like the salt only, you only add it to like your pasta, your pasta water or like proteins. So I put it, so a lot we've had uh, av- like Vegemite and avocado on toast as a substitute for the Vegemite because you put that on because it's salty. You can just salt and pepper, salt and pepper on your avocado toast, banging. 
I think it's good just with pepper. So, but you know, I am. Scarred. It's like you're not a butter fan either, though, are you? I'm nah. I'm massively scarred from my grandfather. R.I.P. My nigga. Um, he <laughs> every time we'd have breakfast, I'd go up there in Palmwoods, and he'd make breakfast. He'd get a can of the ham flavored baked beans, four pieces of toast, sliced cheese, microwave it, and he'd put the little sacks of salts you can buy. He'd go through one of those every three breakfasts. <laughs> Oof. Oh disgusting and i had one like little nibble of that and that's that's me done but like, i can extend it further salt chips suck we're one of the worst flavors like original flavored oh see i don't mind the original chips oh, the only thing worse than them is like the cheese chips and skim milk skim milk is by far the worst thing on planet earth it's worse than lying yes because it's it's it is a uh, water that's lying about being milk <laughs> oh shout out ron swanson if you want to sponsor us um, righto, my second one. That would actually be, just before we go any further, that would be my dream guest, Nick Offerman. Because he, <laughs> he often comes in character. That would be so good. Can I try some of that vegan bacon? Yeah. Drops it in the bin. Can I have some more? Drops it in the bin. I'm just making sure no one else has to eat this. <laughs> uh, I'll take the biggest steak you have. Uh, Alright, my second one is asking for a puff from someone else's vape. <laughs> Do you have the same flavour as them? <laughs> I think it's overrated just to start, but there's been people that have the same flavoured vape as me ask for a puff of my vape whilst they're having their vape. Yeah, I think that... That's like elite conservation. I think it sort of makes... Yeah, it does. It makes you look cheap, I reckon, when you're constantly asking for something. Unless you're out... Like, unless you are properly, properly on the beers. Mm. I want to preface this by saying I have never used a vape or smoked a cigarette in my life unless you are properly on the beers I'm going to try and get a vape down your throat on your wedding it won't happen want to bet yes actually what about your bucks party yep how conscious do you have to be for it to count <laughs> I have to use my own hand and put it willingly in my mouth so I can't like put it up your nose and you're sleeping negative and watch you inhale and exhale it in your sleep no no you cannot but no, I'm with you. If, unless you're like properly on the beers, like shooters fucking smoking area. But if you're sitting watching TV, having a beer or two. Can I have a vape, your bro? Oh, your... Can I have a puff of your vape? You just look like a dickhead. I cringe every time. Because the person with the vape is never going to say no. Nah. And you know that. So stop asking for a puff of the fucking vape. Go get your own if you're really hanging for it that much. Yeah. I've yeah, mine got to the gross stage. It's where I chucked it in the bin because it was actually just battery. <laughs> Yum. <sighs> just huffing battery acid. Um, but yeah, overrated. So you kind of gave one away before, but my next one was butter. <laughs> That's basically the same as salt. Butter's slightly underrated. Actually, butter I'll is say. massively overrated. Nah, I'll say slightly underrated. Butter on toast, man. No. Butter on crumpets. Butter to help cook your steak. So that's good. Basting and butter. I can live with that. So do you eat garlic bread? Uh, not by myself. I just watched you eat a piece of garlic bread. But if someone gets me the garlic bread, I'll eat it. Oh, but man. Like, come on. Butter's great. The more I do this podcast, the more like picky I sound about my food. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I, I don't know whether picky is the right word, but it you have... Preferences. There's some really weird stuff that you don't like. Like you'll eat some rogue shit, but you don't like salt or butter. 
but the wit I'll eat sardines before I eat butter, which oh. are extremely salty. Oh. Same with like anchovies. Anchovies on pizza. Woo. Shut up. Have you had it? No. Oh, it's aren't they just really stupidly salty and oily? But like real like fishy. Reminds you of certain things from the from cocktails. <laughs> anyway, butter. So you reckon underrated? It, butter is probably yeah, is underrated. Overrated. Are you a jam guy? Do you eat jam? Not anymore, but I don't dislike it. I ate it heaps as a kid. What was your favourite jam? This is off topic again, but we'll go. Nah, see, I, we were only ever really strawberry jam people. Hmm. So, like, you know, occasionally there'd be raspberry, or I remember having. I feel like it was probably apricot, apricot jam. Or jam. Or I ate a lot of apricot jam as a kid. Yeah, and see, strawberry. But we, like, we weren't massive jam. I mean, because it's so full of sugar, it wasn't really something that we I had I, heaps of. I had more jam than I've had. Vegemite by far or peanut butter and jam elite American combo on toast yeah PB and J yeah what do they call it they call it something weird peanut butter jelly jelly yeah they call it jelly jelly. but then jelly over in England when they have no the pork pies the fat from the meat they call that the jelly it's disgusting pork jelly have you had pork pies over there no so it's cold meat pies and like the, the cold the fat because it's cold is effectively like jelly that's foul and they have like so I, bu- I was over that's in- the worst part like when you're reheating but you, like, you don't heat it up you eat it no you, but you know when you get like leftover mints out of the fridge and you can see oh, the like solidified disgusting. fat <laughs> yeah it's like a mixture of like grey and yellow yeah. yeah so I was in Birmingham I got this pork pie and everyone I'm like why is it cold like it's three degrees I bought a pie to heat myself up and then I was getting laughed at for trying to put it in a microwave because then the jelly would just go to liquid. And, oh, it was disgusting. Yeah, no good. Poms, mate. Overrated. Yeah, yeah another one. Do you have one? Uh, yep. So my last one. Uh, wait, I've got a couple of options. Uh, mango. Massively underrated. We used... I'll let you go first before I just go on a No, table. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Growing up at mum's house in Arundel... The driveway, we had a, man- a massive mango tree. Oh. Every two years, the f- on the off-season, we'd get maybe five mangoes. But the on-season, we'd get about eight or nine crates of mangoes. And so, like, we'd just give them out around the street. A lady, two doors up, used to make deep-fried mango chips. Oh, Elite. Mate, I would have just been picking those and freezing them. Yeah, we were. And putting them in we, smoothies we had, and stuff. We had That's- no space. That's fucking So we elite. just give them away for free. Mate, mango, I reckon if there's one food that I could eat for the rest of my life, it'd be mango. Oh, mine's Pedusi every day of the week. <laughs> An actual edible food though? Pedusi is edible. <laughs> no, consumable. It is consumable. No, it's not. It is. No. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> no, mango is... No, it's, 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 it's just... You know what it is? It's, it's, it's the duck's nuts. It is the duck's nuts. <laughs> it is the bee's knees of the industries. It's um, so good. Yeah, I have vivid memories getting over from school, just slicing one of those bad boys open, sucking the seed off, do whatever you want to do with that audio clip, and then like drawing the little like knots and crosses into it and just yeah, yeah. popping the thing open. Yeah. Perfect. So good. Best fruit. Best fruit in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my last one for you is vanilla malt flavoured milk. It can be a milkshake or a thick shake. Yeah. Um, underrated. Underrated. I yeah. tend to agree. I, no, I agree. And again, I, I mean... You can't beat a good chocolate milkshake, right? But you can. Yeah, but it's sometimes a mint chocolate. 
sometimes it's nice. I, there's something a little bit more refreshing about the plain flavour that is vanilla. But the like malt, vanilla malt. The, the malt. The malt is... But there's just like there's something about it that just tastes more refreshing. And it's just a nice change. And it's underrated. Because there's people like you that fucking drink lime milk and stuff. And but I like vanilla malt every now and then. Actually, the only time I ever get vanilla malt is with your brother Sam. Yeah, every, every time we go to the supermarket, oh, we'll get a milk. Yeah, no worries. It's got to be something rogue too. That's one of the biggest benders I've ever seen in my life. Brian, welcome to the potty. Moving into the general sport, we've got the AFL expert back on. G'day boys, thanks for having me back. So, I've got a question for you. Sam Collins, All-Australian, this no. season. No. Absolutely. End of, end of question. No, no Maybe. chance. What do you mean, ref? No, no way. Actually, I can't think of any other. Who's, you, who's your better fullback? Be in, in before him. That's that's what I mean. I was thinking about the other, like Harris Andrews ain't been ain't been it this year. Nah, Weedering got injured as well. Yeah, nah, could be. Could it's, be. It's Collins. No, there's got to be someone else. Has it? Hasn't. <laughs> Alex Pierce. Mm, over Collins. Frio Dokers. Yeah, no, he's been pretty good. Flag <laughs> 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 um, metal. Shit, I'm trying to think of someone else. They've caught me off guard here, Chungus. Um, no, I've got no, I got no one else. He must be a shot. He must be on the short list. I reckon he's like favourite for the fullbacks. No, no, he can't be. There has to be someone else. <laughs> can't There's not. There has to be. Stephen May. Oh yeah, of course, Stephen May. Please, Stephen May. Anyone from Melbourne? Good Jack. Good input. AFL. That's Jack's only Melbourne player that he knows. No, uh, outside of Max Gorn. Steve and Jakey Lieber, surely. You've been hanging around Belly for too long. Um, so <laughs> back back on your episode one, we've gotta we've gotta let you gloat. So, so start of the season. Absolutely. We said give us a prediction, give me a roughie for the for the Brownlow. Yeah. What'd you give us and on what and price? I had the I had my hot tip of Sam Walsh at twelves, I think it was. Oh yeah, and nice. My smoky Andrew Brayshaw at fifty ones. And how's Andrew Brayshaw has, going now? Has come roaring into favoritism at three. Oh, he was three bucks earlier in the week, and now he's he's playing out to three seventy five. Still favourite. Cash out amount three hundred dollars. Did you chuck ten on? I chucked twenty five on. Oh, yeah. I f- I forgot to place the bet. Disappointing. I know. I want to you know maybe off it, but you know all good. Mm-hmm. So. Mate, Ruckman, Sam Draper. I love him. How good is that he? goal last week? Bring him back to my. That's goal of the year. That has moment, to be goal of the year. Head and shoulders above anything else. Shout out to uh, Stodge and Rick. They both would have been Essington. full, uh, full masters. Yeah, Essington just having a sword <laughs> fight in the lounge room together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's your tip for the flag? Oh, cats. I think the same. Cats look good. Cats look real good. Melbourne going in the wrong direction. Brizzy are just bullies. Brisbane, unfortunately, are no good away from the Gabba. Or against anyone half decent. Freo could be Freo could be a sneaky chance. If they get a, a home final and play over in Perth. Where are they at the moment? Are they second or third? They're fourth. Bris- fourth? Brisbane's third. Yeah. Oh, because that lost they had on the weekend. Mm, yeah. Righto. Brownlow prediction? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got another smoky for you, actually. All right. Coming all the way oh. from my hot tip from Tasmania. Yeah, I know who this Cooper is. Cooper Hayes, shout out. Uh, Jeremy Camwin at 41s. He's apparently, if Cooper's research is up to scratch, he, is, he should be in front. Cooper's Dioring could be very rough. It but could be. But for, the, for the punters at home, 
41, Jeremy Cameron. Whack a tenor on it. A cheeky tenor. If, a- if Andrew Brayshaw is anything to go by, chuck a cheeky tenor on it. <laughs> I think Brayshaw's good thing. You and I talked about the other day. At Frio, no one else is really taking the votes off him. No. Maybe Will Brody here and there. Well, Fife's, Fife's coming back and taking a bit of midfield time off him now, so I'm a little bit worried about that. I was contemplating a cash out the other day, but no, I'll let it ride. Never cash out, no, mate. Can't cash out. Can't cash out. What else do we want to update with? So who's been your most disappointing team of 2022? Someone that you had ranked highly on your uh, ladder prediction uh, in your, your first appearance who's not lived up to the expectation? Four weeks ago, it would have been Essington, but they've, um, they seem to have... Didn't Mick Malthouse think they were a chance at winning the flag? Yeah, I did too, actually. <laughs> I thought they were going to be red hot at the start of the year. But, um, no, they... they On won. the back of who? Jack Stringer. Sam Draper. Who? <laughs> no, they haven't won a finals game for 5,000 days. Something like that. We should have had that stat ready to go just to bring it up again. It's, yeah. it's going to continue. They're not even going to make the eight, are they? No. Not even close. Perfect. I love it. We need to bring it up next year. Who's been your surprise package of 2022 in terms of the teams? So which... Hawthorne. No, it has to be the Pies. No. It has to be the Pies. Yeah, that's fair. They've won eight straight. Hawthorne were meant to be Spoon. And they were meant to be Spoon. It's, um, they set a 70-year uh, record, I think, for the, the lowest combined margin in an eight-game winning streak. In their eight-game win streak, they've only won by a combined 72 points. I'm glad, I'm glad someone researched for this segment. Boys, and so and that, that was second lowest point count all time in an eight-game winning streak. The other five of the top six were all set in 1950 or before. So yeah. this is like like in the high-scoring modern era, this is an absolute first. You know who has been disappointing from like what we expected at the start of the year with Western Bulldogs? Oh yeah, absolutely. They've been they've been a tough watch because they play that unique shape, which makes Caleb Daniel and like those ball ball playing like half backs so important. It'd be a frustrating season to be a doggies fan because they it's like being a Parramatta fan at the best, moment. Their best still stacks up with against the best, but their worst is just disgusting, yeah. rubbish, real bad. Um, I love the Bond though, so he's a weapon, sexy man. We are at our schoolies. The the boys three doors up. That a guy that was the same height as Marcus Bontempelli and from the Victoria, and would just tell people he got drafted by well by the Western Bulldogs. And I reckon he took ten chicks home in the first six nights. <laughs> and like we got to the point where like we'd get in the elevator, and be like oh it's the Bond. It didn't even look close like him. I reckon he had blonde hair, <laughs> like dark blonde hair. Else we, got. we got State of Origin. We can talk about State of Origin. Maybe the greatest Origin game I've ever seen. Yeah, oh, it's right up there. As Ryan hands me the mic back. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for a, a superb guest appearance. You've had five hours to prepare for it and did none. Thank you. Jack Lickers You'll be back. Absolutely. That is straight out of my handbook. No, the Origin. First three minutes, three fucking knockouts. You're kidding. Yeah, three blokes did not return. Yeah. That was it. Cam Murray, bang. Selwyn Cobbo, who, bang. Who is becoming worrying. He's picked up a few head knocks. He's only still quite young. And he's so hot. Yeah, well. He's a hot boy. Each to their own. But very uh, <laughs> concerning for him. Getting into not Boyd Cordner territory yet. Oh, that's, 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 an, that's your own level. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's had a few, but though. then right. Cobbo contracted a severe case of rigor mortis oh, in the third minute. Bro, he was 
stiff. But both him and Lindsay Collins both were probably just a little bit unlucky. I would, you, you'd have to say, kind of got their head in an awkward position to start with, but it really only got bad due to contact from another person into the New South Wales bloke, which then into the head of Collins and yeah, they were both like concertina effects. Yeah, so um, yeah, pretty. Oh, it was a red hot start. Fuck, it was all happening in the first five. Yeah, but um, oh mate, Queensland. Uh, Tom Tom didn't played unbelievable. Made, he made 29 tackles. He was so good. 29 that tackles. First attacking set that he had, he put Holmes through on a short ball. Yeah. Opened the, opened the scoring up for the game. Yeah. So, and obviously, you know, um, Munster was a massive out. And I thought going into the game, New South Wales probably deserved to be favourites, even with Munster playing. Then when we heard that Munster Dude, was going to be out. Yeah, It'll and I mean three seventy five. That's fucking outrageous. Yeah, so especially given playing at Suncorp, Queensland's that, record at Suncorp is quite good. They've won, like, haven't they've won two deciders there. The last one was Joey Johns in two thousand and five. Yeah, like, so the last ten close games, Queensland's won nine of them. But every time, New South Wales are the favourites. Yeah, and but we, it's fair though. We, lo- we love it. Yeah, so they, oh, they just played unbelievably. They well. actually just don't understand Origin footy. Yeah, it's funny that how entire last, state. Oh, actually, I was going to say last episode, but last episode never went to air. That we spoke about whether you just whether you drop Gagai, play Capewell in the centres. It turned out fortunate that we didn't do that because we ended up having to move um, Val Holmes out to the wing. No, Gagai, Gagai went to the wing. wing. Yeah. Um, the most impactful thing Gagai did all game was throw a right hook straight Absolutely into the uh, straight Burton's on head the, in straight onto the chin of Matt Burton. Um, I want to get your thought. What do you reckon on the... Because obviously there was a fair bit of blow-up in the media during and after the game about uh, whether Tino Fasul Malawi should have got... Did he throw... Should have been binned? Did he throw a punch? No. You had no issues with it? No. Yeah, he's... He he saved Burton's head getting punched in more by Gagai. Yeah, I personally... I actually tend to agree, but probably not for the same reason. I feel like... New South Wales and Queensland in that whole furor, if you like, both infringed two times. So obviously you had, from the, on the Queensland side, you had Gagai throwing punches and Tino with a bloke in a headlock. And on the New South Wales side, you had Burton deliberately just running over the top of Ponga while on the ground not defending himself and couldn't defend himself in any way. Absolute cheap shot. And then Matt Burton also actually throwing punches. So, so one for one sin binning sort of felt fair in a way. Yeah, a strange a strange but fair way it's to explain felt, it. But it's only because it was two versus two people versus one person. You can't tell me if it was the other way around and Gagai steamrolls Tesco, Burton pulls him up and it's it's behind New South Wales line that like a, another forward from New South Wales wouldn't do the exact same thing. Yeah, and it actually stopped Queensland from scoring a try, you have to remember. Like yeah. Queensland then went on and actually Daly Cherry Evans scored, scored a try. And it got pulled back because there were a few blokes in a bit of um, a brouhaha. In a brouhaha <laughs> behind play. So, I don't, but what a game of footy. It was unbelievable. So, All capped off with the Ben Hunt try at the end. Shout out to DCE. At halftime, him and Cleary pretty much had the same kicking metres. And then he uh, kicked him for 285 metres in the second half. Yeah, so uh, DCE ended up with nearly 600 kicking metres. 588 or something for the game. Yeah. Ridiculous. So he was unreal. And this was... I genuinely thought that if he played poorly, 
and Queensland lost. He would probably that'd be it, done. It seriously could have been his last game in a maroon jersey because Tom Din playing, you know, he played really well. You know, Munster comes back very uh, plausible that you have Munster did and playing next to each other with Cherry Evans, who will be thirty four, I think, by the time the next series rolls around. Yeah, or Hunt. So, so yeah, so uh, but great to see. Still, he he played unbelievable as well. All the Queenslanders did really. You can't. I don't think really... there was a Queenslander with that had a bad game. No, nah, Nanai was good starting. Carrigan, yeah. Carrigan won Player of the Series. Ponga was massive. It's the only massive. time in the, in the. It's the first Ponga game that Ponga's played that I haven't put twenty bucks on him anytime try score a man of the match double at twenties. And uh, it's uh, Ponga's uh, first Origin try. Yep. <laughs> Unreal. I did not realise that he hadn't scored a try. He's got a heaps point. of like assists where he yeah. throws those like those real nice like cutout passes. To Val Holmes out in the wing and yeah. the centres and stuff. Yeah. So um, Corey Oates, I thought played well um, on his recall. Ori Coates. His, yeah, Ori Coates, given his Queensland's fifth choice winger, played quite well. Um, I would have played but, Tom Oberchek there over him. Oh, shut up! He can't even get in Paris <laughs> first grade side, which is basically a reserve grade side at the moment. They Cap. fucking suck balls. How'd they go tonight? So good. Yeah. Mitch Moses every time he got the ball and fifth decided to kick it ten meters shorter than he should. Yeah, and uh, then Clint Gutherson again slipped over defending at fullback. Yeah, as as we've just covered in overrated underrated, he's massively overrated. Bloke sucks. Loves himself way too much. He's had a bad game, brother. Loves himself way too much. How little did Katoni do? Doesn't matter. He doesn't play Origin, man. Yeah, he does. Nope. Yep. No, he got dropped, remember? <laughs> he played, he's played Origin more recently than Gutho. And he's a better player than Gutho. He's not. Absolutely <laughs> is. You're kidding. He's a center. Mate, I watched, I watched a highlight from the 2020 series today when... Gutho just got eaten. When Gutho was playing opposite center to Kurt Capewell and lost and lost made Kurt Capewell look like Greg fucking Inglis that's because he is oh no of the, of the gay porn world yeah the meese so nah uh, unbelievable a great series Tedesco set uh, another record again for most running meters in a series in origin The blo- he's just Freak. he averaged 270 a game yeah that's outrageous yeah and not to mention everything else he averaged like eight and a half tackle bus or line breaks or something per game and mate he's just phenomenal and honestly he's the best player it's funny he rolls out and plays for the Roosters and looks good but he he's one of the guys that turns up for Origin he plays in those series and makes him look like the best player on earth uh, yeah I reckon Ponga turns up for Origin as well yep he doesn't have to play well, I guess it's different for guys that play in real shit teams back in Clubland Newcastle shouldn't be shit yeah, they just can't keep all their blokes on the park in one t- at one time. Their four pack is elite. Their hooker's yeah. pretty elite. Yeah, he's only just come back though. Yeah, that's Bradley. what I mean. But like yeah. even last year when they had it, they only scraped the eight. Yeah, like but, their, their bench is a pretty good bench. You know what I mean? Their outside like, well, even backs when, are good because Pong has not been fully fit this whole year. Edric Lee's <laughs> only just come back after a year and a half out. They've missed Nick right. Young's out now. Bradman Best plays two on two off. Do you mean Don Nick Young? Who do I say? Nick Young, Swaggy oh. P. Swaggy P. Yeah, Dom Young, who's much improved this year. He's been great. Hugely improved. So, and I don't know, there's still a bit of instability around the halves. Yeah, they need Newcastle. They, they should have let Pierce go. Nah, they need to just keep him. That was dust, but he's going to get the French crumpet, so good on you, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, what else has happened? Oh, so Mate. anyone that missed it, the Broncos just towered up the Eels. That was really tough. Thirty-four to fourteen. Thirty-six fourteen. Thirty-six yeah. fourteen. 
Um, Adam Reynolds playing like the genius that he is. Adam Reynolds showed why he's the New South Wales second best halfback and it's not Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Clearly outclassed him. Dylan, Dylan Brown was good for us. Yeah. He looks dangerous every time he gets the ball. Gutherson was shit. Yeah. Like proper bad. But or again, it's one of those things all the Broncos guys just seem to play. Payne Haas was huge. Massive. That try that he scored in the first half was ridiculous. Was, Props shouldn't be able to do that. That was a Paddy Carrigan flick pass as well. Yeah. In saying that, it's proper wet. Good luck stopping him 10 metres out. Yeah. So, actually, as, as on, on Carrigan, um, first player uh, in origin history to win the Wally Lewis medal in, his, in their debut series. Elite. Pretty impressive. And given he didn't start any of the games, did he? Yeah, yeah. He start game two? Three. He was named on the bench, but he started. Because remember how Tino started off the bench? Oh, that's right, yeah. For one minute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, no, massive from him but yeah the Broncos all played well Kate well played well um, even in the absence of, like Herbie Farnworth who I think is probably out for the year oh, he's so and uh, and um, Cobo still out Pereira and Branko Lee filling the spots pretty well next year for Queensland everyone's healthy who's your lock Cotter or Carrigan Cotter Carrigan just off the bench again absolutely I think so too yeah um, spoilt for riches there though both of them are fantastic options. Yep. Both great options. Move Tino back to prop. He's yep. a perfect Lindsay back prop. off the bench again. Lindsay off the bench. Papali'i and Tino as your starting props. The the bench was as close no, to no, perfect no. as you can get, I reckon. It's not even Papali'i starting. It's Christian Welsh. Oh, so you're saying Papali'i not even there? Yeah. That's probably fair. Christian Welsh has been really good the last couple of years. And Dude, he's... Papali'i a- is... <laughs> on his way out if it wasn't for all the injuries Welsh that Queensland like, sustained he would have only played 15 minutes again in game 3 I don't know if he got to pick if Welsh is there yeah no because who do you want off the bench yeah. Puffalete or Lindsay Collins no nah, Lindsay Collins I'm taking Lindsay Collins every day yeah no that's fair so but the Grant Collins Carrigan Nanai bench elite was elite so New South Wales next year <coughs> I don't think you pick Luai ever again I think he he's copped a little bit of um, extra crap just because he, you know, he's a bit of a grub and not like even a, a bit of an unlikable it's, it's character. It's not even about whatever, that. But he'd never kicks the ball, and it's pretty much like catch and pass. He's nearly just like a a default pick a, because there's so many Panthers blokes. They're just like, well, let's keep continuity. Let's keep him there. You but pick, you can pick Burton. Pick anyone. Yeah. I, oh, I don't. I wouldn't hate that either. But if pick Burton. Put Latrell and Tommy back in the. But centers. they just need a Jack White at fourteen. I'd keep Coruscant there. Yeah, I thought Coruscant was quite good. I they think, made a massive boo-boo not picking Jack Whiten. That was dumb as fuck. Jack Whiten is their 14. He can cover only everywhere in the back line and 13. And maybe even nine. Probably even second row. And really, it could probably cover Hooker as well if you needed him to. You know, you let... Like, Appy can play 65 minutes. Yeah. Or 70 minutes or 80 minutes, depending on... I don't know. Just not having... Jack Whiten was... If he wasn't their best player in game one, he was close to. He's absolutely their best player in game one. And then they didn't pick him in game three. I don't rate Stephen Crichton at all. And I think he gets worse when he plays Origin. So he's just... His previous big game before this Origin series, he was fantastic every time. Yeah. But it's completely different. You know, he's... He is uh, Josh Adokar. Like... And Josh Adokar should have been picked in the Origin series. Don't get me wrong. But... You look like an absolute superstar playing around other superstars, but 
like if he goes and gets a big money offer somewhere else and plays at the West Tigers, like Redcliffe, he'll be shit out. He's no good man. He's so overrated, and he just seems like a bit of a knob, like most of those other Panthers young fellas. To be fair, seriously, pull your fucking head in. He's no good. He's not built for Origin. Made two crucial errors, including that one where he fucking tried to offload, offload one two on, on, his, on his line and tossed ass. it back into his in goal, forced a line drop out, and then Queensland scored. Fucking space cadet and Talakai as well. Good player, good player in clubland. He's not an Origin player. Just a great club footy player. Yeah. So, no, they made a massive fuck up there, not playing Jack White. And it made a difference. It, I really think it made a difference. So. I tend to agree. I don't completely agree with your Crichton take, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I just think that, look, he's the sixth or seventh best player on that Panthers team. He's not that good. People are talking about him like he should be the next fullback at Penrith. No, I'd, no take, I'd, I'd, I'd take, take Dylan, Dylan Edwards, Edwards over Stephen Crichton if I'm the Panthers. I reckon Redcliffe will go after Crichton, though. Should do. So, offer him fullback money, not we'll centre money. Talk to me about the uh, the three-team swap. So, um, got released last week that uh, Chance Nickel Klukstar, pardon me if I've uh, made a meal of the pronunciation, is uh, off back to New Zealand to play for the Warriors next year. In a swap, then then sends Reese Walsh to Brisbane, which then sends Tamari Martin also back to the Warriors. So the Warriors trade basically Walsh, Walsh in for Clookstar and Tamari Martin, because they, and they which, I, which is a win win for the Warriors because they get two pieces that they desperately need. It's a win for the Broncos, obviously, because we get Reese Walsh back, who is. As exciting a fullback <coughs> as we've got in the game at the moment. And it's a win for the Raiders. And it's a win for the Raiders because it means then they can stop making themselves look like idiots and playing chance off the bench. So the Warriors really needed to get Tamara Martin as well, not just one player, because they lose Walsh and Chanel Harris to at the end of the year too. Yeah. So they get a one. And a six. And a six. Yeah. They can play next to Sean Johnson if he's still there. Um, and Wade Egan, who I think is playing quite well for the Warriors. I actually think you guys are right. He's okay. Given their options. so He's an, he's an Aussie, though, isn't he? He's yeah. one of the few Aussies that have he, he used to play for. I'm sure he used to play Penrith, for the Panthers. Panthers, yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think I'm very excited as a Broncos fan. Um, there has actually been some talk that Reese Walsh might head to Melbourne for the rest of this season um, as replacement for Paps, who's... Unfortunately, been wiped, uh, rubbed out for the rest of the year. I understand why the Warriors would send him early, but I also don't understand why any club is trying to help Melbourne out at all. <coughs> yeah, that's fair. No, I, I, I don't know really. Um, does it help them with their salary? Like, do they must be salary cap? Has to be, because if a team says, because I, I think I read somewhere today that they it would be about one hundred and fifty thousand to secure him for the rest of the year. And some of that must come off what New Zealand would owe him. Has to. So, I don't know. I think... I don't, I'm don't. i not really even sure if it'll happen. I don't think it's been confirmed. I just saw it's, it rumored out there today, but... It's got the Mario Man written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got buzz or hoops written all over it. Um, but interesting, uh, Jackson Hastings played lock hated for it. the West Tigers last week. I also hated it. They have the wrong person at lock. You know who the lock should be? Well, yeah, Adam Dewey. Adam Dewey. Yeah, if they want to play... And he would nearly fill a similar type role to Isaiah Yo. Oh, he's 6'3". Same kind of ball-playing skills, same kind of size, and you still get... Jack, like, Justin, Jackson Hastings is a halfback all day long. 
Yeah. I don't know why you're moving your inform half and then you to have play a lock. And then you've finally unlocked Brooks's running game again after seven years of being Rigor Mortis himself. And we're like, nah, we'll slap that seven back on his yeah. back. So, um, with Melbourne losing, Melbourne losing last week, four in a row. Yeah, that, that killed my perfect round. Yeah, it would have killed a few people's perfect round. I, I tipped Sharks over Cowboys, Rick, game one. Yeah. Had a multi on, mate. Heartbreaking, not as heartbreaking as Pappenhausen breaking his kneecap into ten in ten different places. Yeah, we're actually talking about that before. That's not even breaking. That's, that's shattering. Just sh- that's just genuinely shattering your kneecap. So they showed a um an X ray of what it looked like after. She's got pins and wires and plates all over the place. Looks gruesome, man. So poor Carney just can't catch a break. Kenny just does his knee, does his hamstring, concussion issues, and now that that's just a, honestly a freak injury. That was like Jack the top part of Jack Whiten's shin slash knee into Pap's knee and Pap's knees were locked, locked on the ground bracing to make a tackle man it looked brutal so um, you just about put a line through Melbourne now I think yeah I tend to agree the last, the last stake in the uh, in the heart of the Melbourne hopes they've slipped to fifth now after the Broncos won uh, obviously they've still got to play this week but um, yeah I don't know just about put a line through them now I think um, they're playing the bunnies at bunnies. I've tipped bunnies. I've also tipped the bunnies. Bunnies have the most ridiculous run home though. It's so hard. Yeah. They only have one team when they get outside the eight that they play. And I think like the team they play outside the eight is like tenth the yeah, whole way okay. home. Um on that though, how well's Latrell playing? Oh brother. He's so good to watch. Holy he was unbelievable last week. In a game where that, it try, looked like, that try school was just ridiculous. And it looked like they should have lost. Up until the last 10 minutes, it felt like the Bulldogs had everything going for him. And um, and then he just oh, plucked a rabbit out of the heart, mate. If the Bulldogs don't re-side Big Potter, they're taking the piss. Well, they're clearly playing so much better with him at the helm. Even so. if it's just for one year, so they can keep looking for like their magic man. Yeah. At least they're Give playing... Cameron Seraldo another year. Yeah. Uh, try yeah. and convince him for another year. At least Mick Potter brings positive footy out of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So, um, um, Titans, they lost again last week. They looked a lot better, though. They did. Um, and that was without... They were without uh, Tino for most of the game. He only really played the last 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, and still without Jaden Campbell, who I think might be back this week. He's listed at 17. Right, okay. I, I still think... Which hurts to say, it's all I can, well, but Brimo Boyd Sexton as one six seven is still better. So I do really play, like. Do you play Jaden on the wing? Nah. Just got to have a, finish the year in reserve grade. But like that Tanner Boyd, I really like Tanner Boyd in the halves. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a half me, forever. It just feels just feels suck. It, it just feels shitter, and you kind of take the. Um, the mantra that if he's in your best 17, you find a place for him. And he probably is so where going you, forward. So if you bring him off the bench, though, where do you put him? Otherwise, Boyd plays 14, and that's we know what that we know what the answer to that is. Yeah. So And, I mean, the Titans, I thought, were actually reasonably unlucky last week. They had a try stripped off them late. So did the Broncos. Um, on the bunker, they're just absolutely taking the piss. They're just every week. over-officiating everything. Twice I sat on the couch with my dad watching the footy, and twice we both looked at each other and went, "That has been a try for a hundred years, yeah. and it's not now." Like the most marginal of separation between hand and ball. Like we watched a replay of it ten times, didn't see it, 
somehow the bunker have seen it and disallowed the try and they lost by four points. So, you know. The Titans will be good though. That pack is absolutely stacked. Yeah. So they got Fodder Wake in the year in the, in the, in the props and then they have Fermor for feeder and, and Tino. Tino. And they've got SASA off the bench. Yeah. Who's a beast. Yeah. So that's elite. Yeah, no, they'll be fine with four and four and actually next year. Aaron Clark at fourteen is a lot better than him at nine. So he played. He came on and played. He played. Lock. He played lock last week and looked amazing, untouchable. So good signs to them going forward. They just need a better nine. Yeah, yeah, not Aaron Booth. <sighs> maybe Tanner Boyd can get better. Yeah, maybe, and maybe next year, maybe that's the go. Maybe four and six, Sexton seven. Tanner nine. And Tanner nine. Brimo one. Brimo one. That's what I mean. Brimo's not playing six next year if Foran's there. No. So you may as well keep your best fullback at fullback. Yeah, I agree. It was only last year or the year before. Yeah, two years ago that Brimo was playing fullback for Queensland. Yeah. So. Um, just, is that you done for league? Yeah, I've got nothing I else. I want to talk about the great mullet man. Cameron what, a, what a win. Cameron Smith at the Open. Wow. He birdied 10, 11, 12, 13. Was it five 40. in a row or four in a row? It was five in a row. Five in a row, yeah. Just, and this was... He had a phenomenal first two days. Or no, it was his second day. His first it? day was pretty average. He shot like three over. So he was already four shots back. No, it was three over. Three, three under. Three yeah, under, three sorry. Over. It, was, it was four shots back. And Curry texts me. And Curry goes, is he a sniff? I was like, nah, mate. Rory looks that good. And he did to be fair, Rory looked that good. Yeah, all the way to the, all the way to the last. It's day. the classic like personification of drive for show and putt for dough. Cam Smith putted for dough. My man, <laughs> our guy from one team of golf club in Brizzy, where my uncle plays. Mate, he obviously he was sixteen under. Did you e- see the back? Equal, he was equal lead going into day two. No, after day two. Going into day three, had a man on the, yeah, on the turn. Just, just didn't play that well. Rory and, and Victor four, Hovland went was nuts. four shots off the pace. So McElroy and Victor, Hovland, Victor Hovland, yeah, were both four shots ahead of the two Cams, Young and Smith. And um, Cam Young was never winning. Nah, but he didn't care, and neither did Hovland actually. Even Hovland, they interviewed him after, and he was like, "I just can't believe Miro." Eh? Victor is the worst chipper on the PGA. So, but then, I don't know, we, I didn't stay up and watch it, obviously, I'm not that into my golf, but I saw what it was looking like, I'd seen how well Rory was playing up to that point, and I just thought, Rory's just going to run away with that. He'll win by two or three shots. He lipped, and, he, and lipped he just, out, like, he two, they said he two-putted every hole. Yeah. He lipped out a few putts, which is hard to watch. Meanwhile, Cam was bending like 40-footers and shit. Yeah. So, what a win. Huge win for him. Three and a half mil. Back pocket. Did you see what backpack he was wearing around the course? Nah. Brisbane Broncos membership backpack. I rate that. <laughs> what a guy. So he worked out that two beers exactly fit into the Claret, In the Claret jug. jug. Yeah, that's so, so Aussie. And so, he flew home commercial in the, on the public aeroplane. Like in with the, the, yeah, with the thing. With the Claret carry jug on. as carry-on. And he had to put it over the top. Oh, man. Um, now, the other thing that came out of that was the line of questioning in the presser afterwards about rubbish Liv, eh? about Liv uh, is he going I think he's gone you reckon <laughs> yeah I think I think he's all but gone Hendrik Stenson the European Ryder Cup ch- captain is going so he's going to be suspended fined and lose his Ryder Cup captaincy for Europe but like 
if you're 45, 50 years old and you're getting off, you're throwing massive money like never work another day in my life money for me and my kids. You're just going. Yeah. And it's just, it, it makes... They'll, it's going to be like NRL and Super League. They'll merge again to eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and these um, guys are just... like um, World Series cricket. Yep. Well, and like the Rebel Tour and stuff Mate. where like when you, if you're being offered six times the amount of money to, to go do and the play same another thing. tour to go and play the same sport, well, you're just fucking doing that. Yeah. And even if it's for a year or two years, guys didn't care. They're you know, like, well, you'll never play for Australia again. They're like, well, I'll just go and play cricket for three more years and then I can retire and I'll never have to do anything else for the rest of my life. Yeah. So see you later, bro. So see ya. Unless you can match any or get anywhere close, which the PGA can't. They just... They won't though. If they could, they, they, they still wouldn't. They're, it's very stubborn behavior. Yeah. What was disappointing was Greg Norman's a former Open champion. Yeah. And uh, they didn't invite him, but they invited everyone else. Back oh, really? For St. Andrews for the 150th. Is it the last year that they're having it there? Are they, are they moving it? or It moves every year. Oh, right. Okay. So like when Shane Lowry won, it was in Ireland. Okay. He's um, Irish. Yeah. That was, oh, that nice. was fucking sick. He ran away with it the whole week. But geez, the, um, the course that they played at St. Andrews was fucking mad. Yeah. What a setup. And seriously, as um, Rory's walking up to that last hole or up to his last couple of shots, the guy's actually like chasing him up it's, the course. It's like the Steve Tiger, it's, Tiger effect. Yeah, it's fucking mad. So St. Speaking, Andrews. Speaking of Tiger, how grim did he look? Fucking hell. So Days are numbered. St. Andrews, six centuries old, that golf course. Jesus. Looks at two. So like, like fucking castles and shit. Yeah, they reckon there was golf being played there in like early 16th century. Christ. Yeah, no, that's old. Bro, there's so much disease going around in the, in the 16th century. How are they playing golf? Oh, well, they, can be, they, can be, they can be quite spaced out. Scurvy was the thing. Only on a boat. <laughs> you had to get over the little little moats in between the golf course. Yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, you got anything else? I got nothing else. Nah, no, not really. I don't know. I don't think, don't think we spoke about Kiggs since the Wimbledon thing, but oh yeah, true. I, I love my man Kiggs. It's a shame, but he, come on, who do you lose to, Djokovic? Yeah, so no, absolutely zero shame in that. No, so and ironically, because Wimbledon have been stripped of their PGA, uh, PGA, uh, what are they? WTA, ATP, uh, WTA. Well, that's the association. Win- yeah. But because they've been stripped of their points, Kyrgios's ranking actually goes down. What? Yeah, no, it's all backwards. I'm not. Really Wimbledon didn't got stripped of their points. Yeah, because they weren't allowing Russian oh, players in. Right. So, they got, so no, of, they got stripped of the ranking points. So Medvedev obviously didn't play. Yeah. Which is good for everyone. Uh, well, yeah, except Medvedev, but that is it. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, Shane, what a run though! Great run, and uh, obviously he's got a a tough road ahead of him in there coming weeks with a court trial but um, yeah all the best we'll see what happens with that hopefully it's just a bit of a beat up for his sake and nothing really comes out of it no pun intended yeah yeah right. well we might leave it there Uh, Sean thanks again for joining us mate nah thank you mate shout out to to Ryan for being super prepared for five minutes uh, for five minutes of content um, guys, thanks again. Um, feel free to send any uh, any segment requests, any topics you want us to raise. 
to us on social media, on Instagram at Armchair Critics, or send us an email, armchaircritics at outlook.com. Um, like Sean said, we'll have, uh, throw a couple of polls up on the Instagram page through the week. Appreciate you guys getting behind us on the uh, on the gram. Had uh, a lot more feedback and a lot more interaction on the gram since Sean's taken over and someone's actually got time to fucking do it. <laughs> so appreciate that. Um, guys, uh, we will catch you next week. Thanks.